Trendy is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to another edition of Trendy presented by Omaha, the show where we like to compete while exploring the best ways to wager for casual cappers. And Mark, we have an actual competition on our hands. And a night of very ugly sports, we got very pretty results. You hitting an unexpected over in the Steelers-Patriots game in a historically low line that I really enjoyed when Al Michaels himself celebrated before the half by announcing the over hit on a nationally broadcast game. God bless 2023. Meanwhile, I was left to sweat out the Lakers uh, under in a game that was the exact opposite that I predicted, right? Like the reason I picked the under is I thought that every possession was going to matter. The clock was going to slow down. The defense was going to be in tight. Instead, we got an and one mixtape tournament in the fourth quarter of a 51 point blowout as I had to watch these guys hope they uh, brick the ball and my under hit, which it did. Leaves our scores at 10.7 to you to 9.1 heading into the last night of the competition. How are you feeling? I feel really good. Really, really, really good. I mean, compared to the first time I was was on this show, like I told you, I learned from my mistakes. I came in here with a very uh, tight-knit strategy. Uh, really was crunching the numbers and keeping things more simple, not trying to hit these plus a million parlays. So I feel like I'm in a good spot right now, but the job's not finished, Toby. Job's uh, not finished. Job's never finished in gambling, Mark. There's no finish line. There's just <laughs> uh, the endless race that we're all on in this uh, little game we like to play. So speaking of things I like to play, Mark, on Fridays, I like to have fun with my guests. And I listened to you and Martin on Lemon Pepper Parlay this week talk a lot about NFL MVPs. And it's been a really popular discussion on the Extra Points Podcast Network uh, this week and last week. A lot of discussion about Dak and C.J. Stroud and where they fall in the pecking order versus the Mahomes and um, the Hurts and the Jacksons of the league. So it did get me thinking, right? Like the NFL MVP is an interesting award because it often goes to a player that had an excellent season on a winning team, but not always. And that team doesn't always go on to win the Super Bowl. So uh, what are the awards that you think are the best or the coolest to win? Like if you were an athlete and you couldn't just take an award for winning. So we're taking out the gold medal, which is my personal, like that would be the one thing I would choose to win to do that for your country would be incredible. Uh, taking out like NBA finals MVP, because that, mean that means you got a chip. That means you got a ring, which is the ultimate goal here. But the ones that you can fall short that you could not be the winner that you could have uh, a season to remember on a team that's uh, to be forgotten what are the best awards to win in that space i got a couple for you and one of them is just strictly in the nba how Mm -hmm. about the sixth man of the year award giving love to these guys that come off the bench right Everybody wants to be a starter. You get to hear your name announced to the crowd before the game. You got the cool music playing. The lights are flashing, going crazy. But these are the guys that are coming in around the six-minute mark in the first quarter. 
ice cold right off the bench. This you don't you don't know what the score could be. You're not in the flow of the game like everybody else is, but you're still coming in there and getting buckets, right? Because these yep. guys are the top scorers, right? In, in, off the bench, you're never seeing a six man of the year as just a defensive guy. These are like your Jamal Crawfords of the world, right? Your Lou Williams of the world, uh, Tyler Hero. I mean, I can keep going on and on. How about Manu Ginobili? Yeah, probably the most famous six man ever, at least in my lifetime, from the San Antonio Spurs. And the thing is about these guys. They finish the game. They may not start the game, Toby, but they're finishing the game. So they they get the they get away with the not having the pressure of having to start the game, you know, with all the glitz and glamour, but they're in there to finish it. So I want to show love to these guys, man, because it takes a lot to come off the bench cold and have high expectations. You're not just a kid from Kansas City. You're a man of the people. Like You could have picked something far more grandiose. You could have picked the <laughs> NBA MVP. I mean, Russell Westbrook never won a damn thing, and he still <laughs> got one in his uh, in his trophy case right now. But instead, you go with the sixth man because you feel their pain and you want to give them some shine. I am impressed. NBA MVP is a better answer, though. I mean, like the NBA MVP is the best MVP. I think well, hopefully we can agree on that. Because, like, there's not – there's not really a, a, a clunker of the bunch. You know, the only guy who arguably won't go into Springfield who won an NBA MVP is Derrick Rose. Everybody else who ever hosted that trophy is, is Hall of Fame bound. And you can't say that for baseball. You cannot say that for the NFL, certainly, where you got like Rich Gannon and Mark Mosley and uh, guys like that that have won that trophy. But the NBA MVP is, you know, bangers only and the legends of the game. So I would pick that one over six, man. But you are uh, you're a better man than me. You know, I just want to mix it up a little bit. It's it's too easy to say the NBA MVP, man. I got to show love to the guys that don't really get it that much. So shout out to the six man. Yeah, shout out to the six man. And the other reason I asked the question, because I, th- I think uh, I had three answers that I think are like the clear tops. NBA, NBA MVP was fourth. But I, I do want to hear more of yours because yours are far more interesting than mine. But the ones that were at the top, uh, the Heisman Trophy, like the Heisman Trophy is going to be given out in New York this Saturday. So it, it's right in line with what we're discussing. And there is just something so special, Mark, about being a legend to a college community. Like there's just so much more, I think, hardcore affinity in the college realm than there is in the NFL realm. I know that's probably a, a pretty hot take, but like the NFL guys is laundry that changes every year. There's a ton of money involved. The player empowerment era is dragged it down even farther, all those sorts of things. And like, there's just such a hardcore, like loyalist element to college. And these are your guys forever. There's also more fractional uh, nature of the tribes, right? Because there's whatever, 128 division one, football programs and there's 30 NFL programs. So it's like when you're into the one little school or one community, then that's just a really like slice of pie of life that just becomes super special. And so those guys are the legends upon legends and probably the place where it's best to be a legend, which is college football. What about baseball? What about the Cy Young Award? I like this one. Yeah, I think the Cy Young's a cooler Talk- award to win the yeah. MVP personally. Talking about prestigious, I mean... It's just something about that. You know, the American pastime in baseball, right? Obviously, the pitcher is like the quarterback. 
in the NFL, you know, you're always touching the ball. So I, I think that's a very prestigious award as well, man. You know, guys that I grew up watching, like Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, I can keep going on and on, have won this award even multiple times. So I, I think it's worth mentioning that as well. Yeah, and you're a lot cooler guy than I am, Mark. I'm not afraid to admit that. There's also <laughs> something in my brain, and you can confirm or deny, that gives it an extra little like juice factor when it's named something cool. Like just like the MVP. Okay, so what? That's a little bit generic, right? Like we have it in the NBA, we have it in the NFL, yeah. we have it like in every sport has the concept of MVP. But naming right. it like Cy Young and like say, you know, you chasing the Cy, like that just gives it a little extra extra coolness factor. Same with the Heisman, right? Like if that was just like outstanding college football player, I don't think it would have anywhere near the legendary status it does by carrying that name and having that iconic trophy. That's actually a good point. I didn't think about it like that. But now that you say it, I think it was like subconsciously in my mind, but I never actually said it out loud. But I think that does add something to it. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah. And the NBA is chasing it right now by trying to rename all the trophies, but they're trying to engineer cool. Like the Cy Young has time and it's why retro yeah. jerseys are, are so awesome, right? Like you yeah. can't like fake age, you can't fake history and you can't fake legacy and it doesn't get established in a year. So maybe like 30 years from now or 40 years from now, people will care that it's called the Michael Jordan trophy, but they got to undo 80 years of calling it the MVP. Yeah. I mean, even another one, you're talking about, you know, something being called cool, Maybe maybe baseball just has it right. What about the Gold Glove Award? That sounds great. Cool great too. one. Yeah, I mean a great gold one. glove. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's an outstanding one. I, that was not on my list, and it should have been. So another nice poll by you. Uh, I know this isn't your, you know, your bailiwick, such as it is mine. But I think the the right answer of the best trophy to win that isn't directly tied to winning is called the Ballon d'Or, and it goes to the outstanding soccer player in the world every year. And my, my reason that it's the best one to win is like you are absolutely competing with like the biggest pool of athletes there is when you become the best soccer player in the world. So it's the most popular sport. Uh, the participation numbers are outrageous if you look at them globally. And, the, and I've made this point before, but I'm just going to continue to make it like these aren't people that necessarily won a freakish genetic lottery. Like if you win the NBA MVP, what you're saying is, is you're the best person at your craft who was born six six or above uh which is a much smaller pool and and, <laughs> and you know until recently the last 10 years have kind of said this on his ear but like six six and above born in america that's a lot smaller pool than like five four to six three born anywhere in the world and so when you ascend that mountain that's everest compared to like you know the genetic lottery that comes with being an nba mvp yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, you look at him, man, it's not this simple, obviously, but you're like, oh, if he can do it, I can do it, right? <laughs> but, exactly. but, you can't, but you can't look at LeBron and be like, I can jump over the rim. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to talk about LeBron later. What a performance he put on tonight. Uh, last one on my list, and then you tell me if you have one, uh, even though I think Ballon d'Or is, is the best one, uh, a gold jacket, uh, NFL Hall of Famer. So those guys don't always um, come from winning programs. I mean, especially as short as their careers are, obviously winning helps, but there's a lot of guys without rings that, that get that honor. And it's the coolest Hall of Fame, I think, to be in. I know baseball has the history uh, and basketball is a more 
well, you know, more popular sport globally, but certainly not in America. And uh, you know, getting the into Canton, getting the bust, and getting that cool representation of it, and becoming a legend in that regard without ever having to win the Super Bowl is another one that belongs on this list. Yeah, when you mentioned that, like I started thinking of guys like Barry Sanders, right? Uh, yeah. Randy Moss, the guys like of that elk that I grew up watching that never won, but are obviously Hall of Fame worthy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any more I can think of right now, but that that's a pretty good list, man. That's yeah. List. All right. Well, there's yeah. the end of your breakout, Brett. Just Mark self-affirming that we did a good job here. So I like your positivity kid from Kansas city. That's the same guy who picked the sixth man of the year. Your vibes are always on point. Uh, but let's see if your picks are on point. Cause you gotta, you gotta press them hard to the metal here in order for you to beat me. Cause I took a couple of big swings that I feel good about, and we'll get to them right after we give Caesar some love. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. All right, we are back. And Mark, you have taken the lead. So you got to go first. You have honors as we go into the home stretch here and figure out who's going to win our game of hardhead heater cred. All right. So let's start with my heart. And I have to go to Kansas City, right? Of course. Big, big game in Arrowhead this Sunday. Chiefs, Bills. The Chiefs are fighting for their one seed lives while the Buffalo Bills are just fighting to get in the playoffs. So my play here and I, like I said, this is why it's a hard play. Because if you go based on the last five weeks, you're like, why are you doing this? But I have a feeling, Toby. I have the Chiefs team total points over 24 and a half. Wow. Okay. You're pushing got it, it in, huh? Got it at minus 110 at Caesars. 
Over their last five games, they're only averaging 18 points a game, only averaging 22.9 on the year. Yep. But the over for their total points in this game is 24 and a half. Why am I doing this? This is why. I think they know the one seed is very, very important to them, especially this year, because this Chiefs team does not have the room for error as previous teams. The great, great defense, but they can't get down 10 nothing, 14 nothing, and think they're going to come back and win against quality teams in January. And yeah. I think with the AFC set up the way it is right now, just having that buy where you automatically advance to the divisional round, and then you get home field in Arrowhead, the loudest outdoor stadium. And, you know, you probably get a couple calls here and there as well. <laughs> uh, there, I think that matters a lot this year, more than usual. So I do think Andy Reid and company are going to pull out all the tricks offensively. I think Mahomes may have to use his legs more in this game, maybe more than he wants to. And I think the receiver is going to be locked in, man. Just catch the freaking ball. You're going to go going back home. You got embarrassed in Green Bay. This Buffalo Bills defense can be had. So I, I do think they're going to put up some points and score over 24 and a half this week. It's a great spot for a get-right game if they can pull it off. And as the owner of a plus 800 uh, Chiefs to win the Super Bowl preseason ticket, I am rooting for your guys to be the one seed. I want to see the Arrowhead Invitational because I do have that future. And uh, if they don't get the one seed, I think the odds on that future are going to drop pretty drastically. Uh, so I am going in the NFL as well. And, Mark, I am still kicking myself for not going heavier on the Falcons last week. Like the gifts from the gods of the Jets laying such low numbers is not going to keep happening, I told myself, and I should have taken full advantage of it. But I don't think they adjusted the line hard enough this week because I know uh, they're changing quarterbacks, but they're still trash. And they've got the Texans coming to town who are laying minus three and a half on the regular line. But I think I came up with a way to adjust it to make the odds even more in your favor. And I'm going with a, uh, a two-leg SGP here on the adjusted over at Caesars and playing the Texans at minus two and a half. So I bought a point and I got rid of the, the hook and I got under the three, which is always important. Um, and I'm pairing it with Stroud, CJ Stroud, to just get to 200 passing yards. So just to get to 200 passing yards and getting rid of that hook and getting the hook in your favor actually net you a plus number, Mark, up to plus 149. So I don't have hardcore stats about it. I just know that I'm fading the Jets uh, and I'm beginning the NFL yardage leader to get to 200 and the two bets are correlated. I also take a little bit of injury risk on here because Stroud could get bounced early and anything like that would, you know, the Texans could still cover minus three and a half. Uh, but now I've lost on the Stroud leg of this. So that is the the penalty I'm paying. But I'm getting a lot of extra incentive to do it, right? Taking it from minus 110 to plus 149. So my heart says that fading the Jets is going to be profitable the rest of the year until they adjust it uh, to the point where it's no longer makes sense. They haven't done it yet. Texans are uh, playoff bound. CJ Stroud is the real thing. And for just to him get 200 yards and cover a field goal at plus 149 seems like the right bet. I don't mind that play. I might have to come back and see if I want to do something there. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll check I your like other that one. I'll check your other plays out, but that's not bad. That's not half bad there. All right. Well, tell me what half bad thing you got going in head. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to the association for this one. And I'm going with OKC against the Warriors Friday night. 
Okay. Right now, OKC is three and a half point favorites. And I'm I love that. And I'm pairing it with another play as well. But I'm gonna tell you why I like OKC at minus three and a half. They're 14, 5, and 1 against the spread this year. Golden State is 9 and 12 against the spread. It's in Oklahoma City, like I said, a Friday night. People don't have to go to work the next day down there. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. Steph Curry in town. So you know they're going to be juiced up for that in OKC. And this is just a better basketball team. This Golden State Warriors team is old. They're slow. It's pretty much just Steph and everybody else. So I think the Thunder are going to get up and down the court with their young, fresh legs. And I I love this number. Three and a half seems actually pretty low to me. I I think it should be closer to like five. I love the Thunder here. And I'm pairing that with the other side, though. I do think Steph will get his. I got mm-hmm. him over on his points at 28 and a half. And the reason why I like him going off even more is because remember last time they played SGA? After the game, I don't know if you know this, SGA went on Instagram and was posting highlights of him giving Steph Curry buckets when they played them in Golden State a couple weeks ago. Oh, my goodness. Steph Curry is a pretty petty guy. I know he remembers that. (laughs) So I I think he's going to go off for 30-plus in this game. It's going to be in a losing effort, but he's going to get his. So I got that over 28-and-a-half. And both these plays, you get it at plus 330. Wow. All right. I mean, that's a big number. And um, you heard on Wednesday, like, I'm all the way in on this OKC team. And I'm now mad that you read off what they did against the spreads because somebody – Houston paid three dollars to watch my ticket get torn up the other night as I backed them as my cred pick. So that sucks that I took one of their only losses of the year. Um, but I don't know about that Steph side. I I like it a lot more when you bring up the social media element to it because I agree with you. He is a little bit petty in that way, but he also is like I don't know how to say this. Like if you tell me that LeBron is pissed, I'm sure LeBron's going to get his because he's so physically dominant. If you tell me like Steph is pissed. I'm not sure that his in his DNA is he's suddenly going to take 40 shots that night, right? Like he's still going to make the right basketball play. He's still going to whip it around. He's still going to do his thing. And he can easily clear 28.5 in the flow of the game. But when I hear somebody's petty, I want them to be like Russell Westbrook petty. And like, okay, I'm taking 50 shots tonight and I'm getting mine. I'm getting 60 points on you. And you'll never uh, put my name in your mouth again. But I don't know if Steph's wired that way. So I don't know. But the payoff's so good, I might tail it anyway. We'll see. <laughs> yeah Uh, i I like i like it though we'll see i am taking a piece of that game myself Uh, i'm doing it in a straight up analytical way and this is i'm just leaning into trends that i've noticed against really low thresholds caesars is excellent with first quarter odds like every game that I, i look at they just all over that book or chances to bet on the first quarter and so i'm going to take advantage of two of them and one of them is at okc josh giddy over 0.5 first quarter assists is uh, the first leg of my parlay. And he's a really strong passer and he's getting about eight minutes in the first quarter. As a result, Giddy has hit this number in 90% of games this season. I don't expect this to be a slow paced game versus OKC. I expect the ball to be moving up and down. I expect the ball to be kind of whipping around. And as you know, you and I both agree, uh, we both like OKC in this game and I don't see any reason it shouldn't start right from the tip. Uh, He's got some bad stuff going on off the court, but as long as he's lacing them up, he's been delivering on this bet time after time. And the same is true of R.J. Barrett. 
on over first quarter rebounds because he's hit this 87% of the games in 2023, likely motivated by knowing it's the only way he can get the ball away from Julius Randle. He's a good example also of what we discussed on Wednesday, Mark. Um, he went for 23-8 and eight in the quarterfinals, and he's showcasing himself pretty well. If the Knicks want to make a move, he's setting himself up to be the centerpiece and, and becoming an important part of another team and getting out of a, in my opinion, somewhat hopeless long-term project in the Garden. Uh, so I just hope he showcases himself well enough in the first quarter Friday night, hits his leg in the bet for me, pairs it with Giddy, and I get this at plus 112. Okay. Okay, okay. I like how you crunch the numbers here. Look at Toby doing his homework. I love it. Always, man. That's the only thing I got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the on the heater side, Mark, we're we're both locked into the finals here, right? So you are taking the over, I'm taking the under. We are taping this like the moment that game ended. So I don't know if it's been posted yet. Right. You can check that out and see if the line's already up. Um, I am excited not only for the game, but for my side of this bet, because the Pacers are involved and we just saw in that Pacers Bucks game, they are suddenly adjusting Pacers lines finally to their appropriate point. Did you see Mark that that game where you had the over and I, I, I blindly followed you because we didn't know the line when we had to give it out at the time we taped on Tuesday. Did you see it was the highest NBA line since 1991? Did you see it was like that long since somebody was at 254 or five? That's crazy. That's insane. That if they is do, insane. If they do that in a Lakers game, it's a mistake, especially a final. Like what we saw tonight from the Lakers, and I know you're a Lakers fan, is LeBron wants to win this thing. Like LeBron came out and was playing playoff LeBron style. And what I mean by that is like post-up play, hard drives, putting his body on the line, hardcore defense, encouraging his teammates. Like uh, Anthony Davis got a stuff on the very first possession for the Pelicans. I knew it was over. I knew it was over when LeBron goes to the rack uh, on the first game, puts his big butt in somebody, posts the dude up, gets the end one, and then they get a block on the other side on the other way. I knew it was over like 60 seconds into that game because if the Lakers are going to play like that in a one-game like situation, they are real tough to beat. And that's been true of LeBron his whole career. Were you a LeBron guy before he came to L.A., or have you kind of adopted him since he arrived? Oh, no, I've been a LeBron guy since day one. Yeah, then you don't remember those Golden State series, right? Like, yeah. people said he was hopelessly outmatched. But game ones of every series he played against the Warriors, in my memory, I'm not pulling up the box score right now, he slowed it down, he played chess with them, and he, like, shortened games where they were, like, nine, ten-point underdogs into final oh, yeah. possession-type games just by changing the pace and inserting his will on the way the game was going to be played. Yeah, no, 100%. He's, he's the ultimate tone setter. Like, as far as physicality, pace, I've never seen a player that can control the pace of a game like LeBron. Like, he brings the ball up, he can walk it up, he gets everybody in position. And that's what he did in those Warriors series because, you know, you didn't want to run with those teams because you'll no. get beat by 30-plus. But even when they had Kevin Durant, they should have won that game one. He scored, like, 50 points or whatever. And, you know, we know what happened in that game. But I, I, I think um, when you consider that, it does give me uh, concern as far as my over because it's like a championship-type game. Yep. And I know LeBron is probably going to try to slow the pace down, especially against the Pacers, no pun intended, with Tyree Talliburton, who wants to get up and down the court and do showtime passes like he's Magic Johnson. So 
Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they lower that number, man. <laughs> they didn't. Brent just posted it. It's 240.5. You're in trouble, man. Oh, I got my I got yeah. my dream scenario with the Lakers making the finals because the oh, Lakers are the team Lord. I was targeting the whole time on unders. And now I've hit two, and I think I'm going to hit three at 240. It's too yeah. late for you to switch sides, but I know in real life that you're going to be playing the other side of that line. Am I wrong? <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is like LeBron, uh, I don't know if he's just like a, a wired this way and he's a serial winner and whatever it might be. And he sees a, a, a bit of gold and he's got to get his hands on it. But I think, and I, I, I mentioned this once before, I think this really helps his goat conversation because he's 39. And like the thing about watching LeBron at 39 and playing in this tournament that the whole league alleged, not the whole league, but a good chunk of the players want to win. He still inserted his will over the entire league, made the finals, has a chance to, to lift that trophy at 39. And people like don't like to talk about this. MJ played at 39. Like it's not, it's not like, you know, we always compare them at 28, 29, 30. If you're going to look mm-hmm. at the totality of this and you're going to talk about the best career, You've got to consider the fact that Jordan was on the moribund Wizards team who could barely, you know, win a game at 39. And LeBron's winning this new shiny prize that everybody covets. Now, Jordan's age 39 season mark was a little better than I expected. Um, you want to guess how many minutes a game Jordan was playing at 39? I would say probably like 28. See, this is what I'm talking about. He played almost 38 minutes a game at the age wow. of 39. And, and uh, equally impressive, played all 82. Played all wow. 82 with that minute load after that career. I mean, granted, he retired twice. But still, his season was a little better than we remembered. But it ain't this. And so, yeah. like, when we're going to have the GOAT conversation for the next 20 years, I think – uh, I think MJ's you know, there's a certain sect of people that's never going to back off MJ, but people who want to argue the LeBron side, if he lifts that title on Saturday, get a shiny bright object to argue with that they didn't have, you know, a week ago. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I, I think you are right on that. LeBron, he's looking for any type of advantage that he can use to put a feather in his cap because he's never going to top six for six. Right. Yeah. We know that with Jordan, like you can't do that. But he has the finals appearances. He has the longevity. He has the scoring record, all these other records, right? And then if you could add this on top of it, it's just another thing that's going into his trophy case. Yeah, and look, he took out Durant. That that Suns-Lakers game was so dope the other night. Uh, obviously, tonight versus the Pelican wasn't anywhere near as good. The Milwaukee Pacers game wasn't anywhere near as good. That that Suns Lakers game was the best game of the at least of the you know the elimination rounds. I can't say for all the group play, um, and the fact that he just doesn't have to go through Giannis in this finals. I don't know if that helps or hurts. You know, like because if he goes and beats Giannis, who's the second best player in the world, arguably LeBron can say, you know, I at thirty nine, I still took out this dude. I still took out a guy who's at the top of his game and who's gunning for you know my title. And even the young ones can't come for me, even when I'm over the hill. Going through Halliburton and the Pacers isn't quite the same, but history's probably not going to remember that when we're having these arguments. Yeah, right. 100%. <laughs> All right. Well, 100%. Is that what you're going to go on your cred pick? Is that what you got? The confidence you got? You got 100% guarantee that this one's going to hit? Uh, Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Do. Well, give it to yeah. me then. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going back to my Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And I'm I'm all in. I already told you about the total points. So I think it correlates perfectly. And I'm taking Mahomes over on passing touchdowns at two and a half. I'm getting okay. it at plus 
165. Yep. I've never seen Mahomes odds for two and a half touchdowns at in plus money this this significantly ever. It just shows how bad this offense has been. So I think they're going to get it rolling this week. I think people are going to fade the Chiefs offense. I mean, for good reasons, right? Like I said, they've only averaged 18 points a game over their last five. But I think this is a great spot where they're going to get things right. You're back at home at Arrowhead. And I think Mahomes is going to sling that ball around and guys are actually going to catch it this weekend. Yeah, I, I like that play quite a bit. Um, you know, his his game with Josh Allen, what was that, two seasons ago, is definitely one of the greatest, like, quarterback battles we've ever seen in the same gridiron on the same day in the history of our favorite sport. And yeah. uh, the fact that every time they get together, there's echoes of that game. It's just like, you know, okay, now we're getting back in the ring and we both got to bring it, we both got to sling it, and we both have to slug this thing out because we're going to have another heavyweight battle. And I think that brings out um, the competitive juices of both teams. Now, whether the guys can catch it is a whole nother story, but Mahomes is going to be in a great position to put them in the right spot to cash your bet. I like that one. I'm I'm still playing tail and fail in my head uh, that you gave me a lot to think about with that one. And I'm, I'm taking the other side of, um, of the coin for very similar reasons, but I'm, I'm giving my favorite Josh Allen bet mentioned it earlier in the week. I'm going to pay it off now with my cred. It is over on passing TDs and over on interceptions. I often do this at 0.5 on both, but because of the Mahomes part of this, because I think that he's going to be balling out and showing off, and because I think um, he's naturally going to take a lot of risks in this game, which is scary for a guy who takes as many risks as he does in a normal game. I actually bumped it up to one and a half on the passing touchdowns also because I'm trailing you by 1.8. Let's be real. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to get on over 1.5 passing touchdowns and over 0.5 interceptions. You put them together, you get plus 191. Uh, Allen has at least got one touchdown, one interception in eight straight games. He's still carrying that pressure from losing one of the greatest games of all times. I really think that he measures himself directly against Mahomes because in his mind, he's still that dude who went toe to toe with the greatest quarterback in the league. And a lot of people, uh, after you won't forget this, a lot of the offseason talk that year was, is Josh Allen better than Mahomes? That's cooled off quite a bit in the, the two years since. But I don't think in his brain has cooled off one degree. And uh, so with the extra risk, with that pressure, because I still believe in him. And because like I get both sides of that pressure, him throwing the ball up for grabs a little bit and also putting his foot to the metal and taking more shots downfield. I like this bet at plus 191. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good play there. I think the one and a half over on touchdowns is pretty much a lock. It seems like Josh Allen always plays his best when he comes to Arrowhead for some reason. Like, I mean, he's a really good quarterback anywhere else, but it seems like he's super efficient. I think in his last, I believe his last three games in Arrowhead, he has 10 touchdowns to no interceptions. Now I know you got one interception for this week, which I think is fine because considering the magnitude and the situation of the game for them, I think this is essentially a, a play-in game for them for the playoffs or a play out. Yeah, if you lose this game, you fall to six and seven, and the and then you fall to three and six in the AFC. And it's, not, and you not just fall to that record, like yeah. if you can't beat the Chiefs, like 
why I mean, you you make the playoffs to make the playoffs. You get a seat at the table. You got a chip in a chair. You have a chance to to win the Super Bowl. The Giants, God knows, have proved that enough times. But if they can't win the beat the Chiefs in a must win game, how are they going to beat the Chiefs in a must win game in January? And that is why I think it's going to be super desperate. And like you mentioned, I think it's going to take more chances than normal for a guy that already takes chances. But considering that this is a do or die game for them. I think you're going to see the full Josh Allen experience, good and bad. And the full Josh Allen experience as they pick it a touchdown, lock it in at a plus number each and every week. <laughs> I've, I've been it for the last two months and I haven't lost it in quite some time. <laughs> uh, all right. Go. So we got through our picks. You've heard everything I've had to say. I've heard everything you got to say. Which one are you tailing or failing? Yeah. So for me, I feel the most comfortable doing your first one, man. When you brought that Texans down to three, two and a half. Of, yeah, yeah, you got yeah, you got rid of that hook there, and you paired it with CJ Stroud throwing just two hundred for two hundred yards. Yeah, I gotta tell that one, man. I love that play. It feels like a rat line. It feels like somehow the Jets are gonna grind out like a <laughs> nine six minute or something insane. It does like gotta feel. It does gotta feel ugly. I ain't gonna lie, but I I I can't. Uh, uh, back the Jets. I can't. I can't at all. Well, I really wanted to fail one of your picks, but you parlayed everything except for the Mahomes. I definitely ain't failing Mahomes. So <laughs> I'm going to tail because I do have such a soft spot for them. I'm tailing your OKC play. I do wish I could get just the OKC leg of it. I'm a little worried <laughs> about Steph, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna back you on that because what did you say? It was plus three thirty. So we got range. Yep, plus three thirty. Plus 330 is too big of a payoff to ignore for Steph to go off, for the Warriors to lose, which might be his lot in life, given that Clay is somewhat cooked. Wiggins couldn't even cover 13 for you the other night, and Draymond is a head case that we have no idea where he's going to be on any given night. He could be on the court. He could be in a WWE ring, and in either place, he would be certainly at home. Uh, so I will back you, and I think Steph's going to have a frustrating year, a frustrating night potentially in that game against OKC and both of us are going to enjoy plus 330 spoils <laughs> well man there we go I can't wait to see how this shakes out man all right well uh best of luck to you I don't really mean that but it's just something nice <laughs> that I feel compelled to say let's go ahead uh take our last break give out our second guest express and send people into their weekend All right, Mark, you had honors because you are up going into the final day of our contest. I will go ahead and give out Second Guess Express first. And we've talked about the importance of gambling. And there is a certain game that happens every single year where gambling is important if you want to be able to watch it outside of just a raw sense of patriotism. And that is Army-Navy, which will be played tomorrow. And they have set the over-under at 27 and a half. And Mark, you have inspired me to back the over on incredibly low lines featuring undynamic offenses because we just saw the Steelers and the Patriots blow past that in the first half. And I think our men in uniform can do the same thing on Saturday. Uh, Army games this year have gone over 27 and a half and nine out of 11. Navy has gone over in seven out of 11. And this actually used to be a lot more high scoring affair. Like we have recency bias. Uh, we think about these, you know, fine servicemen who's 
future is in something other than football. It's in the great uh, endeavor of protecting our nation. And we think that they just can't you know, move the ball at all. But it was less than a decade ago. Like these games were played in like the 30s. Like we saw like 40 point explosions. And I know that, you know, you don't want to go too far in the past and, and put it into the future, but they have played similar systems basically forever. Uh, and so seeing them being able to execute at that level within that system gives me hope for the over here. It also gets a huge boost mark from overtime because when you have a total this low and what's predicted to be a tight game, I think the spread's three. Any overtime whatsoever gives you a incredible chance to pass this number given the college rules. So um, celebrate the pageantry, celebrate our men in uniform, and celebrate a winning bet by taking the over 27 and a half. Not bad. Not bad at all. So for me, I'm going to the 49ers and Seahawks game, the battle in the NFC West. And I have a parlay right here that I think is really going to hit, man. Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown. And then I got that with the Niners minus 10 and a half. Yep. I'm scared to play it. I don't know why, because the numbers tell me I should not be scared to play it. CMC has 17 total touchdowns this year. And only one game this year did he not get in the end zone. Just one game. He's, yep. a, touch, he's a touchdown machine. And then the Niners have beaten the Seahawks by 11 or more in three of their last four meetings. This is a terrible matchup for Seattle. But, and if you make those two plays, you get it at plus 125. But for some reason, I'm still like, it's a divisional game. Seattle's not that bad. Pete Carroll's a really good coach. They just competed with the Cowboys. They're fighting for their season. They're going to cover 10 and a half, aren't they? But they watched them get blown out by like 15, 14 points. Well, you were nervous enough about that to not put it into your actual picks. Uh, let me riff off of what you just said. McCaffrey's first half odds, because this is something I almost played. McCaffrey's first half touchdown odds is plus 125 by itself. So if you're wow. actually nervous about the 49ers and Seahawks and the outcome of that game, particularly as garbage time always has a chance to affect a double-digit spread, McCaffrey... Yeah. As you said, scores every single game, and it's not like he's scoring in you know at, at the two minute warning of the fourth quarter. He's scoring all throughout it, and he's putting up first half numbers over and over again. I, I don't have it in front of me how often he's done that, but I'm pretty confident in more than half of the games um, this season he scored in the first half, and you're still getting a plus number for it. That's incredible. That's a crazy number for your first half. Is plus we said plus one twenty five. Yeah. Wow, that's in, that's insane. Yeah. Well, what wasn't insane was the lemon pepper parlay this week. You guys had a great conversation per usual. Uh, I liked a lot of the, the picks that you gave out. You spent a lot of time on the MVP. Great job, as always. Anything you want to shout out from the episode that we didn't talk about on Wednesday? Um, I just want to shout out the fact that Martin is super happy that he finally won and had the best record this past week even though he's still near the very bottom when it comes to the overall record and I'm near the top. So you're I just want to top. that out. You're, near, you're not at the top. You're near well, the top. That's why I said near. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be at the very top until recently, but I've kind of slipped these last two or three weeks. Yeah, and I caught a, I caught a little bit of a heater. Um, yeah, it was a good episode. It is funny though. It's not funny. It's fun to listen to Martin Crow about it. I love the way Martin frames arguments to always make himself find like the, the line where he's the winner, even on the season total, you're still smoking that guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible. Well, we're taping Thursday night, so I, I haven't heard the 15-minute pregame show yet. I'm sure it is good as always. Make sure you check that out along with the Hench episode. Uh, the video will, will uh, drop on all of our social media as long as X still exists, and so we got a couple more weeks of that. Hopefully the X doesn't shut down before the end of the season when all advertisers pull out. We need them for a few more weeks, guys. Come on. Pull it together, Elon. Um, another great episode with Martin on extra points. Brett and I just recorded Covered in Glory. So if you love the beautiful game, we went well over an hour with a lot of analysis of the matchups in the Premier League this weekend. So I hope you enjoy all that and uh, enjoy the in-season tournament final. I think this thing is a smash hit, Mark. I really have enjoyed it. I really loved how competitive these games are. Even if the end of that Lakers game wasn't close, the fact that the Lakers went so hard justifies why this tournament is so important, don't you think? Yeah. When they first announced this thing way back, I was not a fan. It sounded very gimmicky to me. I'm like, what, what is the real importance of this? It's just messing up my traditional NBA. But after actually seeing it play out, I'm in love with it. I, I love it because this is actually really adding meaning to the early part of the season. And we know around this time, a lot of the casual fans aren't even paying attention to the NBA because it's right in the middle of the football playoff push. You got college football bowl season. The NBA is kind of on the back burner at this time of the year. But I think with this in-season tournament, it's going to have more eyes watching the NBA along with their football as well. And play that under, baby. I know it's on the other <laughs> side of the graphic, but you and I agree. 240.5 is too high. Back LeBron. Back the chess master. He's slowing that game down to bring home the gold. That game is going under. I should. I wish I could have made that my credit. I wish it wasn't my heater at that point. It's my favorite <laughs> bet on the board. All right. Another great sports weekend. Another great week with you, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. Win, lose, or draw. You're always a pleasure to have on here. We will have you back either uh, in the playoffs, depending on how the Chiefs are doing, or certainly to talk a lot about the association. I have a feeling you're going to be on frequently this spring as we go head-to-head on one of our favorite sports. In the meantime, enjoy all the action. We will see you next week when Brandon Funston, legend from fantasy and gambling, will be joining him to take me on, and we will have that for you on Monday. Until then, take care, everyone.